and welcome to this audio edition of Philip Pusher's program notes for upcoming concerts by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. I'm Rich Caparola. Concerts by the CSO on Friday, January 6th and Saturday the 7th feature guest conductor Marin Alsop and pianist Awadajin Pratt joined by the Lorelei Ensemble in a program of works by women composers including Anna Klein's This Midnight Hour, Jesse Montgomery's Rounds, and after intermission, Julia Wolfe's Her Story. Philip Pusher notes, these three new works, two date from last year, the third was written less than a decade ago, resound with the voices of women writing today, exploring themes that leap from our daily news, ideas as old as time, poetry from different lands and cultures, and concerns such as equal rights for women that while deeply American are also universal, age old, and still urgent in our day. Two of these composers belong to the extended family of resident composers who have held positions at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra over the past 35 years. Anna Klein was our Mead composer-in-residence from 2010 until 2015. In 2021, Jesse Montgomery became the 11th composer and the 6th woman to take the post. Julia Wolfe has, for some time, been one of our most relevant and revered composers. She won the Pulitzer Prize in 2015 and was given a MacArthur Genius Grant the next year. She achieved a certain kind of fame years ago when she, along with Michael Gordon and David Lang, founded Bang on a Can, the new music group that brought us the Bang on a Can All-Stars. But her success in the more traditional world of music was harder won. She was the only female composer in her class in graduate school. You grow by the opportunities you get, Wolf recently told National Public Radio, and her career has been one of fighting and growing and ultimately succeeding. Part documentary, part oratorio, her story explores what Wolf calls the passion and perseverance of women refusing subordination, demanding representation, and challenging the prejudice of power structures that have limited women's voices. It originated as a response to the anniversary of suffrage, but its reach is infinite. It's just one important moment in a very long conversation, she wrote, a very long battle for equality. And here are Philip Pusher's program notes on Anna Klein's This Midnight Hour, a work lasting about 12 minutes. Anna Klein was born in London and raised in the United Kingdom. She holds degrees from Edinburgh University and the Manhattan School of Music and has lived and worked in Edinburgh, Ontario, and New York City. During her time as the Chicago Symphony Orchestra's Mead composer-in-residence, she became a full-time Chicagoan. Klein came to know and love the city. She even wrote a Chicago street portrait, A Wonderful Day, incorporating the voice of Wooly Barber, a homeless man she heard singing on Michigan Avenue. During her Chicago residency, the orchestra gave the world premieres of Night Fairy, her first big orchestral score in 2012, and The Seamstress, a work for violin and orchestra in 2015. Since her Chicago days, Klein's star has been on the rise. She often collaborates on creative projects across the music industry, including Between the Rooms, a film with choreographer Kim Branstrup and L.A. Opera, as well as the Nico Project at the Manchester International Festival, a stage work about pop icon Nico's life. 
Recent projects have explored Klein's fascination with visual arts, including Color Field, inspired by the artwork of Mark Rothko, Abstractions, inspired by five contemporary artworks, and Woman Holding a Balance, a film collaboration with artist Jill Bradley. And here is Anna Klein on This Midnight Hour. The opening to This Midnight Hour is inspired by the character and power of the lower strings of the Orchestre National Lille de France. From there, it draws inspiration from two poems, one by Charles Baudelaire, the other by Juan Ramon Jiménez. Whilst it is not intended to depict a specific narrative, my hope is that the music will evoke a visual journey for the listener. Words by the composer herself and program notes by Philip Pusher on Anna Klein's This Midnight Hour. And now on to Rounds by Jesse Montgomery. The work lasts about 15 minutes. Jesse Montgomery is a native of the Lower East Side of New York City. She started violin lessons at the Third Street Music School Settlement and now holds degrees from the Juilliard School in violin and New York University, a master's degree in composition for film and multimedia, and is completing her doctorate from Princeton University. Since 1999, she's been closely involved with Sphinx, a Detroit-based nonprofit organization that supports young African-American and Latino string players. In recent years, she's made time to continue appearing with Yo-Yo Ma's Silk Road Ensemble. In 2020, Montgomery was one of three black composers named to the Metropolitan Opera Lincoln Center Theater New Works Commissioning Program, the significance of her emergence in today's cultural climate and the responsibility it carries are not lost on Montgomery. We have to take into account that we're carrying a history inside of our beings and in the work that we do, she said recently. As the orchestra's Mead composer-in-residence, Montgomery will write three works for the orchestra. Ricardo Muti led the premiere of the first, Hymn for Everyone, last April, and will unveil the second one in May. Clearly a voice for our time, Montgomery has called music a meeting place at which all people can converse about their unique differences and common stories. And here is Jessie Montgomery on her own rounds. Rounds for solo piano and string orchestra is inspired by the imagery and themes from T.S. Eliot's epic poem, Four Quartets. Early in the first poem, Burnt Norton, we find these evocative lines. At the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither from nor towards, at the still point, there the dance is, but neither arrest nor movement, and do not call it fixity, where past and future are gathered, neither movement from nor towards, neither ascent nor decline, except for the point, the still point. There would be no dance, and there is only the dance. In addition to this inspiration, while working on the piece, I became fascinated by fractals, infinite patterns found in nature that are self-similar across different scales, and also delved into the work of contemporary biologist and philosopher Andreas Weber, who writes about the interdependency of all things. Weber explores how every living organism has a rhythm that interacts and impacts with all of the living things around it and results in a multitude of outcomes. Like Eliot in Four Quartets, beginning to understand this interconnectedness requires that we slow down, 
listen and observe both the effect and the opposite effect caused by every single action and moment. I found this is an exercise that lends itself very naturally toward musical gestural possibilities that I explore in the work Action and Reaction, Dark and Light, Stagnant and Swift. Structurally, with these concepts in mind, I set the form of the work as a rondo within a rondo within a rondo. The five major sections are a rondo, section A is also the rondo in itself, and the cadenza, which is improvised by the soloist, breaks the pattern yet contains within it the overall form of the work. To help share some of this with the performers, I've included the following poetic performance note at the start of the score. Inspired by the constancy, the rhythms, and duality of life, in order of relevance to form, rondine, a.k.a. swifts, like a sparrow, flying in circles patterns, playing with opposites, dark light, stagnant, swift, fractals, infinite design. I am grateful to my friend Awadajan Pratt for his collaborative spirit and ingenuity in helping to usher my work for solo piano into the world. Words by the composer herself, Jesse Montgomery, and program notes by Philip Husher on Montgomery's Rounds. And now on to Julia Wolfe's Her Story, the performance time around 40 minutes, and these are program notes by guest annotator Thomas May. They appeared in the program book of the Nashville Symphony Orchestra. One of today's preeminent examples of the American maverick tradition of trailblazing composers, Julia Wolfe has had a formidable impact on the direction taken by the contemporary music scene. The body of work she has created, which reflects the collective's uninhibited, genre-defying attitude, taps into the power of music to illuminate the stories that make up our histories and, in the process, to evoke their contemporary resonance. Her contributions as co-founder and co-director of the influential music collective Bang on a Can, established in 1987, have further extended Wolf's influence among the new generation of composers. Her story is the latest in an ongoing series of large-scale, immersive choral instrumental compositions in which Wolf reimagines the tradition of the oratorio to examine the landmark struggles that have shaped American history and culture. It originated when Beth Willer, the artistic director of the Lorelei Ensemble, asked her to write a piece marking the year of suffrage, which became the composer's main focus during the height of the pandemic. In 2015, Wolf won the Pulitzer Prize for Music for Anthracite Fields, which pays homage to the lives and legacy of coal miners from her native Pennsylvania who helped transform the young nation into a global power. Other examples include 2009's Steel Hammer, a work that draws on the legends associated with John Henry and American folk idioms, and Fire in My Mouth from 2019, which addresses the plight of garment industry laborers in New York City at the turn of the century. What her story shares with its predecessors is a command of compelling musical narrative that is enhanced by Wolfe's innovative use of documentary sources from the historical record and by her flair for striking sonic images. With this new work, the composer also continues her collaboration with director Anne Kaufman, scenic and lighting designer Jeff Sugg, and costumer designer Marion Talon to complement the dramatic arc traced by the music with a visual, theatrically engaging dimension. It's a drama with very high stakes indeed, the still unfinished quest for equal rights for women.
While the original impetus for the piece was to mark the 19th Amendment centennial, Wolfe expanded the vision of her story to encompass reminders of the struggle from the years well before it crystallized into the suffragist movement, as well as of the voices left out of the promise of fully equal rights, a promise that has remained unfulfilled and even undermined in the century since 1920. Wolfe distilled the text for her two-movement oratorio from widely varying sources. The first movement, entitled Foment, presents an extract adapted from a letter Abigail Adams wrote in 1776 to her husband John, the future U.S. president, just months before he helped draft the Declaration of Independence. She reminds him that the ladies, if overlooked, are determined to foment a rebellion. Raise, the title of the second movement, juxtaposes text from three distinct sources. First is a sequence of negative adjectives culled from the propaganda of anti-suffragists. These insults underscore the reality that the ideological division in the United States remained strong even as the 19th Amendment finally passed in the summer of 1920. The pro-suffrage movement itself was factious, Wolf points out, as opinions differed on how to battle for the right to vote, which voices would be heard, and which voices left out. The derogatory adjectives and descriptions in the text here refer to all women fighting for representation. I didn't raise my girl to be a voter is taken from a political cartoon from a 1915 edition of Puck magazine lampooning the anti-suffragist movement. It plays on a pacifist song popular as the Great War raged, I didn't raise my boy to be a soldier. With the words, look at me, Wolfe turns to the extraordinary figure of Isabel Baumfree, who lived from 1797 until 1883. Enslaved in New York State until young adulthood, she became a powerful advocate for the suffragist and abolitionist movements, changing her name to Sojourner Truth after a life-changing religious experience. In 1851, she delivered a famous extemporaneous speech that was later published in two different versions, both as edited by white allies, and became known by the title Ain't I a Woman?, Wolfe takes the words from both written versions, thus amalgamating what she calls the mythological, the representation, and the very possibly true phrases associated with the speech. Though the text is historical, Wolfe's music does not evoke period sounds. In its fusion of elements from folk and popular genres with inventive vocal textures and artful repetitions, her sound world is recognizably of our own time, and she enlarges the palette of her large orchestra with the contemporary sounds of electric guitar and bass guitar. The intention is to create the impression that we are in the room with these women in a very immediate way. Wolf's score divides and remixes the ten amplified voices of the Lorelei Ensemble, five sopranos and five altos, in many different ways throughout her story to deepen or even interrogate the meaning of the text. Her vocal writing ranges from clear word painting, as in the off-kilter rhythms at Unbalanced, to abstract textural colorings that defamiliarize the words, as we hear in her treatment of Remember in Foment. Humor is also enlisted for the sarcastic setting of the political cartoon referenced in Rays. 
Contrasts of loud with quiet intensity play a significant role in articulating the fundamental drama of her story, which traces history's pattern of hope, frustration, and final affirmation in the reawakened words of Sojourner Truth, I am strong. Words by guest annotator Thomas May on Julia Wolfe's Her Story, and earlier notes by Philip Husher on works by Anna Klein and Jesse Montgomery. I'm Rich Caparella. Thanks for listening.